It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van Alstel. And welcome to Car Con Carne. I'm James Van Alstel. Still doing Car Con Carne from home. That's not going to last for much longer. I mean, I, I started back in the car a couple months ago, then Delta became a really scary thing. And I pulled back and returned to doing virtual. I'm seeing some daylight. I'm talking to lots of vaccinated people who want to eat things like pizza and jalapeno poppers in my car. So starting November, I'll return to the car for car con carne. For now, though, doing it virtual, happily so. I just need to walk into my home office and I'm good to go. Uh, another podcast you should know about is the Double Door podcast. This is something I produce. The Double Door, the long-running Chicago live music venue. This is a venue, this, this small club. This is the venue that the Rolling Stones chose to play when they did a club show in Chicago. The, the storied, the historic Double Door, they had to pull up the roots from their Wicker Park location uh, a few years ago, and they're in the process of rebuilding and reestablishing their place in Chicago in the Uptown neighborhood. They're, uh, they bought this cool old building at Wilson and Broadway. They're rehabbing it. They're knocking down walls. They're putting up balconies and all, and they're setting up the stage. And biweekly, the owners, Sean and Pete of Double Door, talk about the progress they're making. And there's a lot, obviously, there's a lot of red tape putting up a building, building an entertainment venue in Chicago. I, I don't even want to think about all the different politicians and hands that need to be greased, but they talk about that stuff. Bi-weekly, it is the Double Door podcast. You can get that, obviously, anywhere you get podcasts, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. But back to Carcone Carne, my guest tonight. Uh, this is exciting, and I'm going to bring him on the screen now. Uh, his dad's last name is probably what grabs your interest at first. But Des Money, my guest, uh, he is carving his own path. Uh, he's a singer. He's a multi-instrumentalist. He's a reality TV star and a guy with really pure musical DNA. Hello, Des Money. How you doing? Thanks so much for having me on the show. Can we talk first about some of your music? Let's talk about Give Me All You Got, because this the, the weather I'm in Chicago. The weather here is still nice ish. And th this song seems appropriate for the weather. It's, it's a breezy, feel good kind of pop song. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going for. You know, I, I wanted to make it a feel good song uh, for the summer. And so, uh, yeah, when I released it, I was really going for that vibe. And, uh, you know, I'm really glad to see everybody enjoying it so far. See, there might be an expiration date in Chicago because it gets dark and, and crappy here. So uh, when you put out a full album, will there be brooding, um, self-loathing type songs? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, <laughs> I'll have those in there. <laughs> Uh, the video for this, forgive me all you got, pretty straightforward performance video that does find you getting showered with money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's what happens when you hit a certain level of success in the music biz. <laughs> yeah, just well, throw money at you. For this video, yeah, we're kind of just going for a certain theme and showing people that the money family's still doing it. That was actually my sister. She was behind the camera shooting the money at us, and uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun making it. And it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. I I, I did it with my friends and. My sister helps out on the video as well. And my little brother's on the drums. And so, yeah, we had a great time making it. <laughs> I, I keep waiting and maybe it's happening. Maybe I'm not even cognizant. I keep waiting for a video renaissance, music video renaissance. I thought for sure, spinning out of the pandemic when artists couldn't perform or tour, what a great time for people to really kind of figure out visually how to express themselves. Yeah, do, you like, do you like making videos? 
Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, that's a good point. That's that's what happened with me is, uh, you know, during the pandemic, I, I kind of really started honing in on my craft and and, you know, because I have so many songs and the thing is, you know, ha having a visual representation of the songs is so important because, you know, it kind of connects all the senses and, you know, it, it can uh, really help the, the uh, viewer, you know, get more of a sense of what the song's about and, you know, get, get a more of a sense of, a vi of the vibe of the song and everything like that. So, yeah, we had a lot of fun making it and yeah, it's, it's just a blast. Uh, really happy to see everybody enjoying it. <laughs> and going much further back, the She's My Girl video from seven years ago. Uh, that's like equal parts aha video, a pack of Crayolas and a James Bond opening sequence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With, with that video, I was kind of going for that, like, aha, take on me kind of music video. That's just such a classic video, how they classic, you know, blend the animation with, you know, the real world. And I, I always really loved that video. So that was kind of my version of, of that video. So you mentioned your siblings with regards to the video. Music's always been a family affair. I mean, uh -huh. yeah. Definitely. Eddie Money's son, music's in your DNA. It's inescapable. It's it's like you're born into it. Yeah, yeah. I'm very lucky to have such a great teacher growing up, and also you know, a lot of my dad's friends who I've met uh, just were always giving me such great advice growing up, and uh, you know, really lucky to have such great teachers. And uh, yeah, my family's always been so involved with music. So when I started the band, it was really easy to kind of just like. You know, I just looked around me and I was like, oh, OK, my little brother's on the drums. My sister can sing with me and all right, let's get to it and make it happen. So it, it's been a lot of fun. And I, I was um, really lucky to be able to tour with my dad as well. And I opened up for his band and then I got back on stage and I was guitar and a, a guitar playing his band as well. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. If you had said to your dad five, ten years ago, you know what, dad, I think I have a future in banking. Maybe, <laughs> maybe music's not for me. What, what would you have said? He would have been happy with that. At first, he was kind of telling us, you know, how hard it is to make it in, in the music industry. So, you know, he, he wanted us to kind of get normal jobs. He'd always say he wanted us to be a dentist or something like that. But, you know, music was kind of in our DNA. So that was what we were always interested in doing. So I'm really happy to continue on the legacy and uh, carry on the torch of the money family and keep it going. <laughs> I love that. I've had guests on this podcast before who are legacies, who have that DNA. I've talked to Lily Winwood, who's Steve Winwood's daughter. I've talked to Calico Cooper, Alice Cooper's daughter, uh, Shamika Copeland, Johnny Copeland's daughter. I've even talked to Mr. T's daughter, who's a stand-up comic, but awesome. still, it's a legacy. Uh, you know, People likely become aware, and I mentioned this at the beginning, because of your famous parent, but the bloodline only takes you so far. I mean, once people yeah. find you, I mean, you've got to be good on your own terms. Exactly, and that's the thing. That's what I love about music is, uh, you know, it, it speaks for itself. If the music's not good, then... You know, that's it shows the work that they put into it. And uh, that's the thing with um, I always just try to put as much work into music as I can. And it's like my dad said, I, I have the fire in me to, to keep it going. And uh, that's what it's all about is just having the passion and uh, to do what you love. So, well, I, I think one of, part of your dad's brand was that kind of working class rock yeah. and roll spirit. Is, is that true? Is that authentic? Is that what you Oh, totally? Yeah. He and he was all about that. And you would see it with the fans, you know. That when we would tour, they were just like all about that vibe. And, um, you know, because he, he came from Brooklyn and, you know, he came from a working class family. And then he just wanted to, you know, he loved music so much. And so uh, what we saw from that was just, you know, all, you know, not just like the, the glitz and the glamour of the music industry and, you know, how great it is to, you know, just be famous and all that. It's, it's just about like the hard work and, and all it, like the most important thing for us was seeing the fans and, 
and showing them a good time and putting on a good show for everybody. So that that's what it's all about. And the 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 music industry your father came up in is night and day from the music yeah. industry you're coming up in. I, back in his day, I'm sure everyone took credit for his success, whether it was a record label executive or a concert promoter. I'm sure everyone said, "Oh yeah, I helped make Eddie money." But right. in the present day, I mean, your success is all on you. You're making your videos. You're kind of it's a totally different animal. I mean, it's right. probably unrecognized. It would have been. I mean, your father left us two years ago. The state of the music industry now is probably or would have been unrecognizable to him. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's definitely a lot different. It's always evolving. So uh, that's one thing about the music industry. You always just got to pay attention and and keep your ear to the ground and make sure you're, you know, keeping up with what's going on. So, yeah. And you are carving your own path. I, I want to talk about some other new songs, which are obviously building to a, a new album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's Trippin again. Perfect. This is a, this is a porch drinking song. Uh, it's got that kind of lazy late night, yeah, acoustic vibe. And then the the string sounds come in, and those sound super cool. Thank you. I, I love that one. But I mentioned the pandemic and creating videos, and the pandemic I think inspired a lot of art, mm-hmm. pro and con. Lost to me sounds like something that would have been or was inspired by the pandemic. Yeah. That, that, that is there anybody listening? You, you repeat that it, that feeling of alienation. Was that a pandemic song, or did it exist before then? Uh, I was writing that like at the very beginning, so it was kind of like, you know, it it had to do kind of with the pandemic, but just like also what I was going through at the time, and I was also kind of like I was also watching Castaway, so that kind of gave me this. <laughs> it's kind of you know like when you watch something and it kind of gives you this, um, it gives you inspiration. So I kind of. Uh, you know, I pictured myself on like a desert island and I kind of was imagining because we were all kind of just trying to communicate any by any way we could uh, when everything started and like everybody was locked down and just trying to, you know, figure out what we could do to, to stay connected. And so that's kind of what that song's about is just like feeling lost and, uh, you know, trying to, you know, find some way to connect with each other and yeah, I had a great time making that video as well. That's another one I, I made with my friends and my sister. And that we made, yeah, like right at the beginning of the pandemic. And we just made it at the beach and just shot it right outside and made it in, in a day. And it was a lot of fun to make that. Well, one like, are you, are you storyboarding stuff or are you just kind of winging it? Sometimes we do. And uh, sometimes we just wing it. Sometimes we're like, you know what, let's just get out and shoot somewhere that's nice. And a lot of the times we just like find a, a nice location. And then I tell the story like in the editing. So it kind of gives me you know, the more we shoot, it gives me more to work with. So I can kind of piece everything together. And then Wait, are, are you actually doing the editing? Yeah. Wow. So like how, I mean, obviously you have some skill there. Are you, are you like busting up in Final Cut or Premiere? Or what are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm in Premiere Pro. Yeah. That's one of those programs that intimidated the hell out of me until maybe like last year. It, yeah. It, 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 and once you figure out how to do stuff on there, you, be, you feel like you're drunk with power. Right. Like, yeah. Like I, I still can't master Excel, but Premiere Pro, like once you learn how to do some stuff on that, you feel like, okay, I, I can change the world with this, with this application. Yeah. Like when you learn the transitions, just like how, how to do the effects, something like that. It's like, whoa, this is how they do it. Right. And like, yeah. And you sit at your desk and you think, fear me, people, <laughs> see what I'm capable of. Yeah. It, it's a good feeling. And that's like, that's the type of stuff that I was learning. And just like, you know, every day that's, it's kind of with music too. It's, there's always something new to learn. And that's what I love about, you know, the visual side of things now is that I'm just always a student and always learning something new. 
and uh, you know I can apply it to what I'm doing with my work, and uh, it's it's all uh, a lot of fun to to learn, for sure. Thinking about the I, I mentioned reality TV. Thinking about real money, was it weird kind of growing up in public? Uh, not not really. I mean, we for the most part, uh, you know, we we tried to you know keep it real and keep everything normal. And when the, when the cameras came around for the TV show, at first it was a little weird. But uh, once we got used to like the people behind the camera, it helped out a lot because, you know, it was it was a little intimidating at first with like all the cameras showing up at the house at like 9 a.m. And there was no script or anything. So they would be kind of like, all right, what's going on today? <laughs> we would kind of have to like entertain them and, you know, figure out what, what to do. But other than that, you know, once we kind of got the hang of it, it became a lot easier and we were more comfortable with it. And uh, yeah, it was really, I'm really happy we were, we, we were able to do the show. And I think they understood our vision as well. Cause a lot of those other like reality TV shows, they kind of have a certain formula. Oh, where yeah. they, it's like chaotic and they want people to look like they're like turning on each other. And I don't know, that's just not what we were about. We wanted to make it about the music and showing people just what the family is all about. And so I'm really happy that we did it with Access TV and Mark Cuban. Uh, really and, and what a nice, scrapbook's the wrong word, but what a nice yeah exactly yeah way, way to kind of capture that moment in your life right yeah as a family it just kind of exists now you you've got footage i mean so many families grow up and they're looking through old polaroids like you have this really cool thing yeah yeah this Thank document. You. Yeah. it's great to watch and uh you know to look back on uh with the family and we, we just look back on it and we laugh and because <laughs> the show is a lot of fun too and you know some of the time moments were just unpredictable when we were filming it and it all the way it all came together was uh it was really cool so yeah, um, thank you for watching it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> but was it one of those things where they told you to act natural and there was no possible way to do anything natural when you've got cameras in your face? Right. Yeah. Like at first it was like you think of all the little things that you wouldn't even think of before. It's like, what do I do with my hands? Like, am I, you know, <laughs> you know like little things where it's like, am I, you know, doing something weird or am I? Do, do I have a booger? Never know. Yeah. Hands. You start overthinking little things that no one else is even thinking about. You know, so. For sure. Yeah. So speaking of, of speaking of you know, growing up on TV, did growing up on the road give you a sense of wanderlust or did it have the opposite effect? Are you are you a homebody or are you the kind of person who thinks, oh, my God, the second I can get out of here and, and just travel the world, I'm gone. Uh, I kind of like both. You know, I need a little bit of both. You know, I can't be on the road for forever, but I also can't be at home forever either. I, I need both of them because it's like you get a certain feeling out of both playing live, but also being in the studio. It's like a uh, different animals really. But uh, you know, I, I, I kind of, I enjoy both of them equally really, but yeah, I'm, I'm craving to get back out there and, and to play some shows again. So looking forward well, to I, I love the sounds you're making. We talked about, give me all you got right from the get go. What I like about that song, there are a few things I like about that song, but sonically it's hard to pinpoint era wise. If you had told me, I mean, the keyboard is such a focal point. If you had told me that that song was an 80s song, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I get that. Or if you told me it was something you wrote in you know, 2005, it'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It kind of, <laughs> it, it has that kind of like calendar ambiguity, which oh, I cool. think, yeah. which I think makes it, it gives it a timeless feel, which is super cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's and I guess a, that's just pop smarts. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. With that song, I kind of was going for an eighties thing, you know, when I started off on, on, when I was writing it and, you know, with all the synths and stuff and I got the Moog and using the profit and all that. And so I was having a lot of fun making that. And that's kind of the, the mode that I was in for, I'm still kind of in that mode a little bit, but like, 
you know, just the synth world, once you get into that world, it's kind of a, it's really, it's like a rabbit hole, really. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, you can kind of just get really, uh, you know, involved with it. So I really enjoy the keyboards. And I mean, as you can see, clearly, but, yeah. yeah. So I just love, you know, the sound, you know, creating different sounds and trying to find new new sounds and everything. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. All right. So, you know, I asked you about a new album on the way, but I also asked you about the music industry. It's such a weird time. If you wanted to keep putting out singles a la carte, I mean, there's certainly a business model to support that. Mm -hmm. Are you are you dedicated to doing an album or are you do you kind of like the pacing of what you're doing now? I have an album ready, uh, but right now I, I'm just the way I'm uh, presenting each song. I want each song to kind of have its own like you know, packaged together, like with the visuals and everything. So um, right now I'm just going single by single until I can, you know, until I feel like I'm ready to release the album, yeah. but the album it's finished and like everything's ready to go. But um, I'm just waiting for the right uh, moment to, to get it out there. I love it. And I can't wait to hear more from it. Uh, Des money. Thank you for doing this. I, I keep doing what you do. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been great talking to you.